0: This is the Northern Superior Brewing Company Upload Strike Zone Edition, hosted by Connor Henderson and David McCaig Jr. Northern Superior Brewing Company is located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, where there are many beer options available for purchase or delivery, and where we're superior and it's a northern thing. Make sure to follow Northern Superior Brewing Company on Facebook, tagged at Northern Superior, and on Instagram, tagged at Northern Superior Co., or the website, NorthernSuperior.org. The Gaines Sports Show and Gem are fortunate and grateful to have Northern Superior Brewing Company a part of our sponsorship family. And and if you haven't already started to put in your order for some delicious beer, you're certainly missing out. So get to it. Now let's chat some baseball. Booyah, it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McKeg Jr., bringing you a strike zone edition presented by the top room at Northern Superior. And this is powered by the game, entertainment, and media. And let's bring in my co-host right off the hop here, swinging away, if you will, the one and only Connor Henderson. Connor, my friend, how are you?
1: Doing great, Dave. Are you ready for a playoff push here or what?
0: Oh, I am very ready. And we're not talking men's local baseball playoff push. We're talking MLB playoff push. And now this may sound like bad radio or bad, uh, bad podcasting, but myself and Connor are on zoom and we're looking at each other on video. And the reason why I want to bring that up is because I bring it up on every news show. Now that all of our shows here on the game sports show, and as well as the game entertainment media, once that is revealed and expanded, we're going to be doing everything video. So we're getting used to it here on this show with that. And myself and Connor have really never done video. Of course, we know each other. And when we're on the ball field together, we like to joke around with each other. But now I get to see his reactions for my comments and see his, you know, his awesome laugh and smile right on the computer screen. And pretty soon the viewers will be able to see that as well. But I know Connor has a YouTube channel, so he can plug that uh, when I get him the chance to talk here. Uh, But nonetheless, it's great that you're here today. You're joining me, Connor. Now we haven't done a show in a little bit, and I'll give a little rationale to listeners with that. In August, we took some time off with all of our shows here in Sioux, Ontario. It was really kind of Sporadic, the only shows that we had running were our ESPN 1400 editions, which never have a holiday, and then our special edition uploads that we have with all of our interviews. So we had some vacation in August and preparing for a big year because we do presume this could be the biggest year for the show and the platform. So we wanted to get everyone rest up because we're going to have steady shows and steady content uploaded frequently. And I anticipate that myself and you will be back to a normal routine as the playoff push. And then, of course, as October Comes around. And Connor, before we jump into MLB, I do want to give some quick love to the Men's League. I, and everyone's going to say, when you talk about Men's League, there's some people, of course, that don't uh, tune in that are from Sault Marie, Ontario. They're from outside of the Sioux, of course. So when we talk Men's League baseball, we're talking about The Game Sports Show Renegades, which is a team that we've sponsored now for a couple years, uh, that myself and Connor are a part of. The Men's League Baseball has been running for the summer. It's actually been pretty good. There hasn't been any pauses, any stops, or anything of such. The Black Sox, which is called the Sioux Black Sox, the under-15s, the under-18s, they've been playing. They've been playing in the Men's League, getting them some practice. They've had tournaments. There has been some local baseball. And I must remind listeners that as the show expands into the platform of the Game Entertainment and Media, there'll be a lot of local coverage depending on where, of course, you're listening. It could be Sudbury, it could be the Sioux, it could be Timmins. So we're sticking to the Sioux quickly here, very briefly. But Connor, we did have local baseball this summer. Uh, There's a lot of feedback saying, how come we weren't covering as much as we could have? Of course, as I mentioned, we took our easy way this summer. We have a big year coming up, but we, we were a part of that. We were playing some of the youth And we were seeing the development right before our eyes, and we were also keeping in touch with the coaches and the leagues were still going on. A good friend of ours, uh, Jordan Trudeau, was obviously coaching the under-15s and we had the men's league baseball going on which is so fun. So if you have the opportunity to jump in to play local baseball for men's fast pitch or mixed, slow pitch, whatever it may be. Slow pitch didn't operate this year, of course, but the fast pitch, if you have the chance to play it, take it from a guy who never played fast pitch four years ago and jumped into it. Now I love it. I'll never go back to slow pitch. No offense to anyone who loves slow pitch it's so competitive but yet so fun it's not to that point of where you know people are yelling at each other unless your name is Ashley Hoff uh but you have it's it's very fun and I want to promote the the, the and give kudos to the Sault Ste. Marie for the for the youth baseball that went on and for men's league baseball they did a great job this year Connor
1: yeah absolutely and one of the new things that they're implementing now which we never had when I was younger is fall ball um, for uh, the midget and bantam age groups, anywhere from uh, U14 upwards to U18, uh, we'll have the opportunity to play into the fall. Um, they've noticed that since you know football, especially last year, had trouble getting off the ground with COVID, um, they took the opportunity. They have the fields ready uh, down at Sinclair Yards, uh, and umpires were available, so they've been running uh, a fall ball league down there uh, for the kids as well. So that's been awesome. And, uh, open league has been, been great, uh, for all of us to get a little bit more action into our summer.
0: And get active because yours truly gained at least 20 pounds since COVID's come around the corner. So I've become more of a power swinger in my day, but it doesn't really fit my role. (laughs) Uh, Still
1: stealing bases out there with the best of them though. Oh
0: my goodness. I mean, these are starting to feel them a little bit more, but, uh, you know, it's certainly fun and umpiring. Like that's a thing too that I gotta say. Umpires, they take the time, yes, they're paid or whatever it may be, but they still have that they still take time of the day to go to, to go, you know, to go officiate. Let's call it that. They they still have time to go umpire, they take time of the day to go do that. So everyone who did that kudos to them but if anyone wants to be an umpire if you're from the Sioux or from out of town take the time to do it if you're not playing into it or even if you are playing and you want to get that extra money in your pocket or if you just want to be a part of seeing the youth or just be a part of the league just to get out there and be outside more I really encourage getting into being an umpire even in other sports being an officiator I, I think uh, those are what we would need to see more of I think uh, but the umpires here in Sioux St. Marie specifically in Sioux Ontario I must add uh, have been really good as well so kudos to every Locally, And I know sue Michigan, they've been going for everything. And Scott nation has been talking about that on ESPN 1400. So make sure you check that out on uh, one of our episode uh, dropdowns. You can check on the gamesports show.com two plugs within 10 seconds. I don't know if you noticed that Connor. Uh, now let's get into baseball in the general here on strike zone. We do talk local. We talk regional national. It's in our quote about the game sports show, but obviously we're going to talk major league baseball uh, and, It's exciting times right now, myself and Connor. It is just after 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, recording on September the 16th. Some of you are going to hear this tonight. Some of you here tomorrow. Don't worry. It's all relative content. It's not if you hear on the 18th, nineteenth, 20th or 21st of September, but it is heating up in October, even though the weather's cooling down. Baseball is not cooling down right now, uh, especially in the AL. It's getting real, <clears throat> real tight in there, if you will. Uh, the NL is also the same. There's races going on in the NL. So we're going to talk about some teams. The majority of it, I will say, will be about the Blue Jays because that is a lot of our coverage. We do just give a little extra love to the Jays and the Tigers, given our criteria of listening. But we'll talk about every team as best that we can. So, Connor, you are actually the host of the show. I just introduce myself as the host and you as the co-host as the starting point. Then I transition you to pass on the bat, if you will. I take the leadoff lead leadoff single, like we did in baseball this year. Actually, you bad after me for the majority of the year. And you caught my pitching this year. So it seems like uh, you know, me starting something and you finishing it, leaving the best for last is the way to go. So I'm going to give you now the bat as I've gone on first base with a, dra- a drag bunt or a hit. I hit the pitcher right up the middle and hit him right in the, right in the ass and he couldn't get the ball in time to throw me out. So I'm going to give you the bat right now to, uh, lead the rest of the show and we'll I'll follow your lead, my friend. And we're going to go back and forth and have some fun with this.
1: Yeah, cool. Sounds great, Dave. Um, so there's a couple of stories that we uh, need to get to Uh, first and foremost, the blue Jays are on an absolute burner of a hot streak. We'll talk about that first and then we'll transition quickly into what our show is best at talking about a little bit of a scandal that once again has struck the Mets front office. For those of you who missed, uh, it was probably the Valentine's or the Easter edition. I don't know. We've had so many holidays on this show that I can't keep count, but um, at one point we talked about a, uh, sexual harassment, dick pic scandal coming out of the Mets front office. And um,
0: sorry that makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: you know, it's, it's a terrible circumstance, but just the, the, the facts of the matter just are, you know, it's, it's so cringy and, and terrible um, and the Mets front office has gotten uh, hit with the scandal bug again. So we'll, we'll finish off the show with, with something spicy, but uh, first we'll start off with uh, the Jays um they're hotter than the sun right now dave um fan graphs has them at a 65% chance of making the postseason baseball reference likes them even more at at roughly 80% um how do you feel about where they're sitting right now at the second seed in the wild card race
0: you know honestly and i believe it was a month ago today even that the jays were even it might be a bit less might have been august 20 it's that week of the 20th around that area where the jays were six games back right. And around there, five and a half, six games back five, they were hovering around there for a bit. And they were behind Seattle. They, they, they were behind Oakland, of course, behind the Yankees and the Red Sox and teams were catching up to them from behind them even. And they're having an inconsistent time where they got hot a bit where it felt like you're in the 2015 Jays. Then they had that cold, uh, cold spell for a bit. As soon as they went to, 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 to Los Angeles to play against the angels when they had that series against the angels, it started being like a little, like the stock market. It went up and down, up and down. And the series that I felt was the big turning point uh, was the Seattle series. I feel like after that series, they kind of started coming together a little bit more. Obviously that wasn't the exact turnaround, but I started seeing the differences in the series after, and as time has been going on, the Jays have been playing more as a team and, You know, as much as the guy has been a band-aid this year, George Springer is a valuable asset to that team. And when he's in the lineup, this is the most obvious expert opinion that I can give you when he's in the lineup, they're a better ball club. Okay. But they were actually winning without him for a bit, like a big series against the Yankees. He wasn't playing. Right. So, you know, they ended up finding that way to get hot and tabler and, and Dan Shulman and uh, Buck Martinez, of course, the, (laughs) <laughs> they're top-notch uh, uh, reporters and top-notch uh, uh, broadcasters for the Blue Jays. They, When they talk about the team, they always talk about this all year. Okay, now the pitching's hot, but the offense isn't. The defense isn't hot, but the pitching is. They couldn't, they couldn't come together. The biggest breaking point of the Jays has been their bullpen all year. 30 losses or something around that area this year, which is absolutely atrocious, one of the worst in the majors. And if they actually had 50%... Of those, not all of them, if 50% of them are the actually closed games, the Jays would be in first place in the in the uh in the AL East right now, right? So if you but this is not the what if game. The Jays have found a way lately just to come together and it's amazing. I went to Toronto a couple weekends ago when they were playing Oakland. I didn't go to the Friday game. I watched it from a bar and I didn't think, I don't think COVID was really a thing at this bar. Cause everyone's just so excited when the Jays came back when they're down eight to two, but on the Saturday we were there my fiance and I, and when we were, we went down, the stairs into we were sitting in section 128 right behind third base uh, row 10 and we were going down the stairs and I just had that feeling of being at the ballpark again and despite that there was only 15,000 people there it felt like there was 50 in that game because the passion of Toronto is back and I can imagine if they didn't have a capacity limit they'd be selling out every night right now uh, and it just felt good to be in that capacity and the better thing is on top of that they're winning so my whole point of that is in my little five minute spiel there is that they've started Uh, being more consistent, right? They were really inconsistent. They had hot spurt, cold, hot, cold. They've now found that consistency where at this current point of us talking, they've been 16 and two in their past 18 games or so. And that is real hot okay the, the bats the Baltimore series was hilarious I'm sorry Baltimore fans that was I'm so sorry that was disgusting for you to watch probably the Rays series that just passed us of course you got the twins upcoming uh, and lo- and then you got the, the Rays and twins again right a lot of these are big series is coming down the stretch the Yankees and Red Sox the y- Yankees play the Jays at the end of the year as a second last series before they play Baltimore that's going to be a pivotal series I uh, have in my opinion the Jays have just been hot Connor it's all been because finally everything is meshing. And a big part of that is they found a way to win without George Springer in the lineup, which they were 500 when he was out, when he was out this last time, they won every game, but one. Uh, and now with him in the, in the lineup, he's at the top of the order it gets Bichette down in the line a bit more. It allows more power, more distribution. And when you're seven, seventh, eight, nine hitters, Guriel, Gritchik. Uh, and Jansen are hitting home runs every night. If your eight, nine hitters are getting on base. That means your offense is hot. Now they're pitching, starting pitching's real good. Robbie Ray is a Cy Young a nominee this year. He has to be, I mean, even though he grunts every time he throws the ball, uh, he's still anywhere too tight a pants. Oh my God. Like the pants are way too fucking tight. Uh, and I got to give Connor some air time here, but I got a lot to vent about it because we're going to talk a lot of Jays here, but they found ways to win because now they're playing as a full team. Even the bullpen has been much
1: better as of late. Dave, I can't help but notice uh, on the George Springer point that he is still yet to respond to your challenge to race him in a 100 meter dash. <laughs> him, I want him
0: and Kirk now because I remember Kirk got hurt going to first pace too, but that makes a bit more sense. I don't mean that in an offensive way. Kirk's not built the same as Springer. Okay. They're different builds. Okay. way different. Kirk's 5'8, 2 something. Springer is. Six, I believe he's six something, 195, 200 pounds of pure thick muscle, I think he is. Robbie Ray is probably the most shredded guy on that team, okay? Like, that guy's pants are mediums and that shirt's an extra small, but that guy is absolutely shredded, okay? he When he's about to pitch, his ass cheeks are so fucking tight, okay? Like, they're so... Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there, he's flexing his ass when he's about to throw a pitch. Then he grunts every time. Like I, I don't think I'd get a hit off Robbie Way because I'd be so wowed by the tightness of his pants and his outfit. And this is grunt makes me just feel so uncomfortable. But George Springer needs to respond to me because I watched him at the, at the ball field. If he accepted my challenge, I would spend four weeks trying to get back into shape just so I can try to beat George Springer going to first base.
1: You know, Dave, it's funny. I actually spent a little bit of time, you know, writing down some stats about Robbie Ray, his, you know, his pitching strike percentages up on his career. You know, he's keeping the walks down. But like, let's be real. The real analysis begins and ends with his tight pants. Who's this man's tailor? And what <laughs> is he doing on leg day? Because I really need to know. <laughs> how this guy just comes out looking so jacked every single game. It's incredible. You know, he used to be a prospect actually uh, for a brief stint in the Tiger system. So I've got fond memories yeah. of yeah. Robbie Ray. Yeah. Uh, and then we flipped them uh, very quickly after after acquiring him. But uh, yeah, he's having a hell of a year. And um, I, I just, you know, it's... You know that Seinfeld you meme?
0: That Seinfeld meme where Jerry, I think, is taking Kramer's pants off because they're so tight. I saw that by Tim and Friends posted that. God, I'm giving plugs to a lot of different shows where they can send me a check at any time. Uh but I'm literally taking off the pants and I can't, I can't, okay? And when I was in Toronto, I saw Barrios pitch. He's a stud too and he's also a big dude, okay? Like a lot of these these pitchers that the Jays have. hyun Ryu is big in both ways. I'll be honest, or dude, but got some build behind him. Barrios is built Manoa is a big lad, a very big lad. Both ways again. Robbie Ray, we just talked about him. Uh, Matts is tall, a bit skinnier, but tall. Um, and you, you know, like Nate Pearson, another big guy that who is coming up. Like the Jays pitching, the starting pitching is very attractive. Okay, and, and like I had low expectations this year for Matts and Ray, and I kind of wanted to bring this up to you. Is Robbie Ray's a free agent this year? Okay, so is Matts now. This is the hockey in me and the baseball fan in me. The two different sports. When you draft in baseball, you can draft someone in the nineteenth round and you can have a steal. Hockey, if you draft someone in the last round, which is usually seventh round, you are likely not getting the best prospect. The odds are, unless you are Henrik Zetterberg or Pavel Datsuk, who's sixth round Datsuk, not seventh. But you have uh, it's different, different base, different, different sports. But Robbie Ray, I'll say right now, I would be very. Fans are going to hate this, but I'd be very concerned if the Jays paid the man this year. I think that the risk with Robbie Ray based on his years and his inconsistency that has shown in the playoffs. I don't think he's been that successful in playoff baseball. No, it wasn't. I don't know if it was him or if I'm thinking about somebody else, maybe thinking about somebody else. So, So don't, don't count my playoff stat, but Robbie Ray himself, his career has been up and down and, Do you pay this guy, Connor? Like, I'd be very concerned if the Jays overpaid for Robbie Ray, unless it was a short-term deal, but something northern north more than two years, I don't know if I would want to give the man the double digits.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Looking at the Jays roster right now, like, they're definitely poised to win, which instinctively tells me you got to lock this man up. Um, A nice comparable is actually on your own team, Uh, with Hunjin Ryu, who always had good stats, uh, but he was very injury-prone. So maybe if you could work out a similar sort of three- or four-year term uh, for Robbie Ray, I think that that's something that would be palatable for both Jays fans uh, and the wallets of Blue Jays management.
0: Yeah, Now, and I took some airtime, actually, with the Jays. I want to give you the floor with the Jays. And, you know, what has worked... Like, what do you think has done this team? Why they're so hot? Like, what what do you think has made them come together?
1: Yeah, I, I think you hit on it. it. Finally, the stars seem to have aligned when it's come to both their hitting and the pitching. The pitching was what they'd always been missing. and Now, you know, Ryu's dealing, they traded for Barrios. Um, of course, Robbie Ray was a huge upside signing. Yeah. Um, and Alec Manoa has emerged through the ranks, and we've been keeping an eye on him uh, I think we've mentioned him on this show a couple times even before he he broke through the majors um yeah, so fan
0: of him. I was always a big fan of Manoa. same with Pearson I got expectations with Pearson too
1: Yeah yeah like, absolutely um I think now especially one of my favorite things to do is going uh Twitter and I love I have to say this like I love when like I don't want to call them bandwagon fans, but like you know, casual fans when they yeah. when they get on board with like a hot team, I love it because you get like such interesting um, like opinions and, and takes. And and the trend seemed to be that people were crucifying uh, Charlie Montoya, the head coach of the Jays, um, with both bullpen management uh, and 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 allotment of of batting lineup. Um, there was nothing this man could do uh, right, especially in the early part of the year, according to, um, from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of which uh, mostly came from hockey Twitter, mostly Leafs Twitter, bleeding into Jay's fandom. Um, I, I, now, for me, um, you know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, manager, Kevin Cash, recently came out and said that Uh, Charlie Montoyo should be up for manager of the year um, for the trouble that he's faced uh, with no home stadium for a large chunk of the season uh, and fending that off until uh, the Jays have been finally able to fly home. Mm. Uh, So there's some staggering difference of opinion. I was wondering uh, what side of the debate you fell on.
0: Well, I'll say with both Kevin Cash, Montoyo comes up from the Rays organization, so I feel like Cash has a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of love towards Montoyo. You know, it's like being you playing or being managers or on a team, and me going to another team and having the success. Look, I get asked this even by uh, family because I've said it all out, and there's uh, my fiance's father is a big Jays fan, and I remember saying at the beginning of the year that Montoyo uh, isn't a top manager in this league, and that I don't think he could lead a ball club. I don't think he can make that big decision to, to, to get them that game and the wild card or, or the, that that one decision. But I also doubted Gibby. Okay. But when you think of Gibby and Montoya to make a lineup, it's very simple with the, with this current team. Okay. It's very easy. They're very deep offensively pitching. You can start whoever, but when it comes to those bullpen decisions, that is where I've had a lot of issue because and I maybe it's not fair to Charlie because for the year I've been really like, all right, they've been injured, right? Merriweather guys went down for the year, and he's had to put guys in that, like, Raphael Daliz who, oh my Christ, I don't want that guy to pitch even on my, I shouldn't say that. I would let him pitch for the Renegades, uh, but I would say that it was, he didn't have much choice, right? Now he's got options where he has Tim Mays has emerged as something spectacular for them. Adam Simber, that trade was great. Richards, I've had doubt at first, but truly, he's a good pitcher as well, and he traded a good chunk to get him, like Rowdy Talas is a good prospect to trade to get him. So you got, and then you got Romano, who's been a stud in the bullpen. He does let some home runs, though. When he lets a hit, it's a home run. Uh, But he's still closed out tight games and he's throwing 100 miles an hour. So, I think you have your set four that, on a back-to-back night, you know who's You know, two and two. One night it's Mesa Simber. The other night you you know you you could throw in Richards, and he might throw in somebody else in there again, or you throw Romano for a couple extra innings, and Romano can throw uh, probably three three nights in a row before he has that issue because. You know he's got a pretty good stamina for a closer. Nate Pearson, I think, would be a strong arm in that bullpen if he can settle down. But the reason why I'm talking about the bullpen a lot, when you mentioned Charlie, is because Charlie didn't have weapons before. I think he has more, so he's starting to prove that with weapons that work, he can make it work. So when I was doubting Charlie a lot, it was about the bullpen and about his decisions in the bullpen because it's easy to make a lineup on this team. If you're from a coaching and I can make this lineup with the team, but I can't do the coaching. Like, you know, but I can, if I had to make a lineup on paper, I feel like a lot of people can do that. Even bandwagon fans could. Uh, But my side of it, Connor is I'm still on the fence about Charlie. I still don't know if he's the guy that you, you'd want making a decision because I think he has white gloves on in a lot of different areas with this team. When it comes to the nitty-gritty of that last game, if you got to make a bullpen call, that's where he's going to be tested. And I'm hoping he does get tested this year in the playoffs. Last year wasn't a good measuring stick. They got swept by the Rays. It was it wasn't good. If he can get past the first round, which is the Jays and Raptors seem to be like the only teams that can get past the first round in Toronto, uh, like when they get to that second round and they're in the tighter series and You know, that's where the true Charlie Montoya is going to prove if he's a big league manager or ready or not. And I am on the fence. I still am the one that's doubtful that he could be the guy. But that has changed me the last month because he's finally had weapons and been given the tools of his job. And someone that knows me knows I'm an HR guy. If you don't have the tools to do your job, you won't be successful. If you're not trained to do your job, you won't be successful. Obviously, he's trained. He just wasn't given some of the tools or the right keys to drive that car before. Now he's upgraded his car. He's had some new tools. He put some new accessories in there, and it's changed. So I will say I went from being hell no about Montoya to now being on the fence saying, okay, Show me you can do this, but I'm definitely not sold on them yet. I'll give you the chance to give
1: feedback. That's that's a really interesting like take. Um, just just to bring it to hockey for a brief moment, one of the the interesting things when it comes to the Coach of the Year award is uh, historically, if you look back, Coach of the Year will often go uh, to the team that happened to have the best or one of the best save percentages. Mm. It, uh, that you didn't expect to have one of the best save percentages. Um, and oftentimes it's a direct correlation where coaches are getting fired because their goalie save percentage is in the gutter uh, and coaches win Jack Adams awards because their you know, goalie can't, can't let in a puck even if you wanted to. Yep. Um, and uh, one of the phrases that you'll see in hockey, I'm sure you're familiar with, is, uh, you show me a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach. And it's kind of like a, you know, a, a stick. Well a jacket coaches. It's well, like, wow, you look so good when you're goalie stuff. And everything. and the same thing goes for MLB coaches or baseball coaches in general and pitchers. Um, you know, anybody looks like a stunning head coach when they can wheel out three or four aces on a rotation yep. and they've got one or two shutdown relief pitchers so now that charlie's got those tools in the toolbox suddenly everybody's you know on board and yeah. you know what i'm with you I'm, I'm not sold yet uh but i'm really interested to see where he takes it
0: i think it's going to be interesting to say at least i think the is not making the playoffs connor would be a very big disappointment not because of their performance but they're too good of a team not to be there right and i feel like they're getting hot at the right time and If they're getting hot in September, if they can get hot in October, this team's dangerous, okay? If this team stays hot, you don't want to play them in a series. I don't care. I'm not being biased, but the power in that lineup, and if that pitching stays consistent, you will not beat them. I'm sorry. You will not beat them. I can, the only team that I think could give them maybe a run could be, I wouldn't even say I'm concerned about the Strohs or the White Sox or the Rays right now. The Rays are the one team in the AL that I think could, would be one of the better teams to face. So if you look over at the NL, the Giants and Dodgers, right? Those are two teams. I would have anticipated the Braves to be a little bit higher up, but instead of, and even the Brewers have surprised me a bit more this year. Uh, but The Jays, I think, have a chance to get in the playoffs. They will come out of the AL East. I really think they do, and I'm not being biased, but that will all depend on if they stay hot, but decisions by the skip in specific part of the games. Because let me ask you this before we talk briefly, Tigers, then go into our scandal or some random MLB thought before we wrap up. If you have a wild card game, Connor, who are you starting and who you have in the bullpen? I got asked this. I would tell the Jays, and this was funny because I, they asked, how would I do this? I'm not a manager, but I said that I would start. I made the trade for him. I'm starting Barrios. I, 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 I'm, I'm starting Jose Barrios. In the bullpen, I have Ryu ready because he's a left-hander. You got Mats, who's a left-hander with the bullpen, but I wouldn't go with that. It'd be Barrios, Ryu, Robbie Ray, and Manoa. Those are the four pitchers I'm using in the whole game. Until the eighth and ninth inning. I'm serious. I'm using starters up until the eighth and ninth inning. When the eighth inning hits, depending on who's at bat, that's where Simber Mesa comes out. That's it. Those are the only two I'm using in that situation. The ninth inning, pretty self-explanatory that I would use Jordan Romano. If Romano gets hurt some reason in the ninth inning, I would go back to one of the starting pitchers and that's Steven Matz to close the game because he's a left-hander and he can be a hard-throwing lefty and he has a good curve. It's good. He's got he's got some stuff in the ninth that could really change, but we don't anticipate that to happen. But I'm using four starters, two relievers in the eighth inning to depend on the handiness of the batter then Romano to close the game. That's how I would do it. That's how confident I am in the starters over the bullpen. But I sound stupid saying that, but I really don't think if I'm in a one-win game, need to win to move on, I'm playing my best people and those are their best players as their starters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the idea. Honestly, I, I'm sick and tired of um, this like starting pitcher relief pitcher divide. Yeah. I get that it's a function of a 160 game season, but you've already seen managers now have, you know, ripped off the band-aid and they'll throw position players out there to eat up innings. They'll have spot starters. They have openers now, like, you know, the gloves are off. Um, These traditional roles, like seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, ninth inning, like it's fun to joke about like, oh, I'm the, you know, seventh inning man or I'm the specialty sixth inning guy. Um, But, you know, especially with these minimum three batters faced rules, like a lot of that stuff's thrown out the window. Um, Now, uh, who do you start? I guess it's probably going to come down to who's fresh. Like if Barrows, you know, had to pitch the night before, then obviously he's not going to go in there. Yeah. Um, in a perfect world where everybody's fresh, like I'd probably start Robbie Ray just because he's been so hot. Uh, and then yeah, have Ryu, have Barrios, have uh, the whole squad on deck. And if you need to go two innings per pitcher, you go two innings for pitcher. If you need to go, you know, three innings, then one, then four, and then you're bringing in a starter in the eighth inning. You know what? do it you know if
0: you're prepped as a starter you need to be ready to go in in those big games especially if you're ryu getting paid 20 plus million dollars you better get your ass ready to get fucking pitching whenever i want you to pitch and a story look at price and Dickey when the jays did that price sucked out of the bullpen before but he had some success Dickey. Never loved that trade because the other piece going back was Cindergaard. I've always loved Cindergaard. So when they traded him, I was pissed, but I knew and I didn't think that would work out. But we're talking past. We're talking current right now. You gotta when you win a one win game because if you win that wild card game, anything can happen. It's not hockey where like. And no offense, good friend of mine plays for this team. Colin Miller plays for Buffalo. So it's not like Buffalo's going to play against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round of the playoffs if they get past the wild card. Okay, no offense, Buffalo, but rough times. Um, You know, that's not the case. And baseball doesn't matter where you are. Anything can happen on a given night. That is the best thing about baseball. You don't know what team you're going to get. You really don't know. But I'll give you the – we talked a lot of Jays. We're going a little bit extra here, but we'll. I'm going to give you the floor. A little bit about Tigers if you want. A little bit of surprise this year. A little bit of MLB update if you'd like um, before we jump into the scandal. And then I'll uh, wrap up our show.
1: All right. So just briefly on the Tigers, because I know we got to uh, head out soon. Um, they're doing incredible. Honestly, nobody expected them to be fighting for 500 this year, including me. So it's a lot of fun to see – uh, the young guys, and, and we've talked about this before, the Tigers are about two years behind where the Jays are right now hmm. uh, in terms of their young guys coming up and their exciting players getting APs. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really exciting. Hopefully they keep the trend going. Yeah. Um, other news in the MLB, the MVP debate is starting to get hotter and hotter in the American uh, League between Johei Atani and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Vladdy! Uh, so- So I'd like to say with, with my full heart and conviction and soul, sorry, Vlad, but but Shohei is a full one and a half above replacement ahead of you until you can start dealing on the mound. And I've seen this, this baloney argument online um, that Shohei is by some means an average starting pitcher uh, and he strikes out a lot. And I'm like, all right, hold on. Like let's hold the phone here. First off, um, like he, he's a full earned run below the average of the league. Like he's, I'm pretty sure he's top 10 in uh, wins replacement for a pitcher. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, sadly, Vladdy, if this was 2012 or 2011 um, would have a, a great shot, a better shot than he, than he does now. Um, and the perfect example is uh, when Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown, um, and beat out uh, Mike Trout for the MVP. And almost every analytic that matters says that Trout's the better player that season, um, but we hadn't seen a triple crown in like 50-plus years. So Miguel gets gets the MVP award. Now, when Vladdy, if he gets the triple crown here, it's kind of like the, the Russell Westbrook effect. Like, okay, we've seen you do the whole triple double thing already, so it's not special anymore. You know, Miguel just got the triple crown like – six seven years ago so it's it's not as big of a deal as it once was it's still super cool um but it'll have a little less clout especially now that like analytics are more part of the game than they were 10 years ago when Miguel won it so that's kind of all I've got to say about that I think we can dig a little bit deeper into into that race maybe um once the season's over for sure um, and then we can maybe do more of a formal debate because I know that you're more a little team Vladdy here so I feel like if we had more Time to flush it out. We'd have some spice. Honestly, you'd be
0: surprised, but I would have a little bit of spice, especially after learning today at this effective time. If we're talking, Otani's you know, not pitching for the rest of the year because of his arm. So that 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 is a big the big might be a turning point, especially if the Jays go forward. And if the if Vlad does get to 5-0 for homers, and uh, my prediction, if I was being safe, would be Vlad be home run champ, then Yotani would get the MVP. But who knows now? Given this news with Otani, I feel like Vlad might have a bit more of a chance. Uh, but again, you bring up some good points. But we will save that conversation because I'm, I am, I, I am a little biased about it. I would say, but I do take the bias hat off when I have to speak because I don't want to sound too much like an idiot or too much of the typical Toronto fan. Uh, So I do have a couple sides to it that could make it a little spicy. So maybe we'll bring in a third person for that show as well to make it a, a, a a tiebreaker for that discussion.
1: of MVP. We should just do it like a full debate show. Like just like gloves off, like no holds bars, no partisanship. Just you advocate for Vladdy. I advocate for Shohei. And we just like, let the fans decide, or something.
0: Then let Shohei and Vlad jump into the call after. That'd there you go. We'll bring them on. <laughs> I'm sure Vlad. I'm sure Vlad would say Marcus Semyon's his favorite because he's actually been hot this year. But I'll give you the floor before we wrap up uh, with the scandal with the Mets. Let's talk about some dick picks, bro. <laughs> All
1: right. So, um, just when you thought it couldn't get worse uh, in Mets land at the front office. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, their initial GM that they had going into the season was fired after five weeks for sexually harassing a woman with dick pics. Um, And now the AGM who was promoted to replace him has been charged with the DUI. So now he's off on temporary leave. Uh, Their current president has taken over day-to-day operations. The problem thumbs with- up to the Mets
0: or is that too soon? Get it? I, oh God.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I it just, all I know is that this Sandy Alderson guy team president uh, who's assumed baseball operations apparently has hired both um, Mr. Sexual Assault Big Pick and Mr. Uh, Drink and Drive. Um, so, uh, and then on top of that, apparently when he used to be GM of the Mets, he hired him and named uh, Mickey Calloway who was the manager of the team. Uh, Multiple women have also come out uh, with allegations of sexual harassment from from Mr. Callaway. Um, And after an MLB investigation, he was found that, yeah, um, he's ineligible to manage until 2022. Um, So three different people under this man's watch, uh, under this man's hiring, have shown very, very blatant uh, character flaw it's just really unfortunate to see.
0: Honestly, the Mets this year—it's been a shit year. If you're a Mets fan, you know I thought I had higher expectations, but my goodness, we fan arguments, players giving fans thumbs up, down, dick picks before that, the guys getting dewy. It's a rough go if you're a Mets fan right now. Please don't you know do anything stupid if you're a Mets fan. You know, just keep calm. Hopefully, the storm is gonna pass off for you guys soon. Uh, and of course, Marcus Stroman being there, I kind of. Like him be a part of that zoo. Uh, but you know, it's 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 unfortunate that people just can't keep their fucking shit together, Connor. Like you're in a leadership role. You're in a you're in a role, even though you're not playing, you're in a role model role, people look up to you as a GM. People think you're, you know, you're a big part, you know, like Shapiro. Like I'd love to meet that guy. I'd love to party with Shapiro. Like he's just as cool as meeting an athlete. The guy is the one who gets the athletes, okay? Like, that's cool to meet a GM. Look at Kyle Dubas with the Leafs, okay? Young dude. I know he can have a good time. You know, like I, I can flat out say right now that GMs are just as cool as a figure as being an athlete. Okay? You don't get as much spotlight, which is a good thing. You're in the background a little bit until your team sucks and then you got problems because then you get fired. Uh, but, you know, you, as a GM, you're still in a position representing an organization. And that's more HR and me coming out again. But if you're going to fucking drink and drive and get caught, you're dumb. Don't drink. And don't drive. Drink, but don't drive. You can have drinks. Don't drive either. Everybody walk. I would literally get in an Uber. I was in Toronto. I can get an Uber in five minutes. I was drinking. You think I'm going to jump in my truck and be like, yeah, you know? no, I'm not going to just drive, especially. No, call an Uber, pay the $35 fucking Uber that it costs because you make enough, you know that, and you can drive to your, get home to your apartment. I'm sure you can get your assistant that you've probably hired in your office because, you, you know, that's probably what they do. And then go pick up your fucking car and drive it back for you. Okay. Or if get driver's seat, if they don't have driver's seat in New York, I'm guessing though. We have driver's seat in Sioux, Ontario. But just don't be stupid. You're in a professional role. Doesn't matter if even if you are a convenience store, not that I'm downplaying convenience store workers, but if you're a convenience store worker working your eight hour shift, and you're having drinks, don't don't drink and drive. Keep the thought of other people. Don't be stupid. But in terms of the scandal, it wouldn't be the strike zone edition without having a scandal about someone. But the Mets have cracked that twice on the scandal, okay? The Dodgers are still on it. Trevor Bauer, that's a whole other story. We've already talked about Trevor Bauer, okay? We've talked Osuna's bullshit on the show. If you have a scandal, we're going to talk about it on here. But the Mets fans sorry about your fucking year it's been shitty i've swore a lot in this past two minutes uh but you have if you're in a if you're in any type of role just don't drink and drive and if you do get caught for drinking driving you deserve every punishment you're getting just saying Vlad out full vladimir out get it no. okay puns <laughs> intended
1: uh every- show today dave i'm <laughs>
0: A lot of fun, <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of fun. We went a little bit extra, but that's totally good, uh, because we always got great content. We did invade it a lot with Jays. Yes, I lied about getting uh, talk about other teams, we had a lot of things to get to. It's a shorter time than usual, uh, for this edition, but you know, the Jays are the hot topic of baseball right now, so we got to talk what's hot. Uh, we got lots of shows coming up here with the Game Sports Show. We got ESPN coming up. We got special and upload. We still got Strike Zones coming up. We got in the pockets on full kickoff again. We got a lot of content. Just hit like, follow, and subscribe. Keep your eyes on all the pot where you get podcasts and check out the uh, dot com, of course, uh, for all the fun content that we do upload. And of course, keep your eye on baseball. It's going to be an exciting September. I anticipate that Connor and I will have another show within the next two weeks. Uh, and I must give love to Northern Superior Brewing Company. I know usually we try to do product placements in between shows. We got a little bit too much today. I probably can get shit on a little bit from the background producers or the background sponsors, but that's fine. I'll talk to them. They love me. I love them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just love. Everyone show love. Okay? We just need to show love. So Northern Superior Brewing Company strike zone presented by the tap room. I know superior. So why the change? Well, the tap room is a big thing in town. The Sioux they've had the, the change is still part of North Superior Brewing company, but the tap room is where they were, uh, we're going to be mostly affiliated with, of course. So check out the tap room. They got food options available that you can order and support a local business. They don't make that food. They get it locally delivered. They have local brewing flavors, exciting stuff. Let's get down to the tap room in North superior. Connor. Thank you, my friend. It's been fun. Uh, you're the host of this edition, even though I do take a lot of airtime. uh, you know, you are the host of this. We're co-hosts on this and strike zone has been a fun edition and we got a fun September coming up. Absolutely. Or, <laughs> continuing. We're in the middle of it right now. What am I talking about? <laughs> Lose my mind. Losing my mind. <laughs> and you stay safe in Ottawa. Uh, and we'll be in touch and we'll be uh, we'll have another show within the next uh, week or two here, because we need to make sure we're more consistent on these uploads. And that's from some of the guys on our team for baseball. They want to hear us more. Let's give yes. that. That's given That sounds awesome. great,
1: Dave. Much love.
0: Much love, Connor. Thank you very much. This has been Strike Zone presented by the Top Room and Superior and powered by the game entertainment and media. It's been David McCabe again, joined by Connor Henderson. Thank everyone in the background with the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. Don't have enough time to say all your names. And, of course, thank you to all the listeners that take the time to tune in. We have a big year and a big next month or two coming up for the Game Sports Show, but also in particular with the Game Entertainment and Media. Here I am to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.